So what's wrong with an improvement plan? Find out. A new episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. We're back. Welcome to Season 6 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, founder and CEO of Students Matter. In Season 6, I am once again delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, two of my favorite humans, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We are focused on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. In season three, I explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. In season four, when we began the roundtable and Kathy and Penny joined me, we continued exploring ADL, thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to become accomplishment-driven leaders. In our last season, season five, we explored this new destination, how to talk about it, how to think about it, and how to bring your team with you as you depart on this journey. And now we've arrived at season six, we're going to use our thinking as accomplishment-driven leaders to tear apart one of the most damaging aspects of the status quo, looking at everything, doing everything through a deficit lens. In fact, it's so destructive, I think it's driving people in droves to go find a new line of work. Together, let's tear it apart, learn to think through the great work we must all do, but shift it away from deficit thinking. What does that look like? Stay tuned. Join us and take a listen. At Students Matter, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and each educator that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. I'm a consultant. Good morning and welcome back to the wheelhouse. I'm with my good friends and colleagues, Penny Brockway and Kathy Money. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Grant. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, Penny. Hi, Grant. We are post-Thanksgiving and headed into the Christmas and other holiday season. It is exciting. You know, the snow here has melted, at least for now, and now it's all rain. So, hey, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a little dark out too. It is a little dark, it's, but you know when a little darker and darker each week when we we connect. Pretty soon, well, in like five months, when we get together, it'll be light again. <laughs> yeah, I I went right for the deficit, didn't I? I just you did. went right, you, like, you, oh, you did. it's so dark. <laughs> and that's perfect segue into right into this whole season where we're talking about moving away from the deficit lens and the deficit way of thinking about this work. So, yes, complaining about the darkness and yearning for light is, you know, a perfect segue to that, right? And so for for that particular thing, we'll have to wait a few months, but for this morning, we're going to we're going to shy we're going to move quickly away from the deficit model. So, we're going to talk about Continuous improvement plans today. And, you know, we know that they are in most states required. We know that there are lots of legislation 
we uh, we understand all of those things that say you know you have to do this some states tie all of their title money to to you know to continuous improvement plans and you know some states tie accountability measures to continuous improvement plans so we know there's a lot of influences out there in the world that really perpetuate you know, the use of the traditional, right? We're talking the traditional continuous improvement plan, but let's just peel that back for a minute. Forget all of that for a second, because if you really look at the way we've been doing continuous improvement, it's from a deficit lens. You know, we we we, we cast a net, we look at everything that's out there in, you know, in, in the universe, we find bad data, we find bad conditions, we find things that we go, ah, danger, Will Robinson. And then we think about, oh, what do we do about that? And we put in plans that are going to bring about incremental change. Incremental change. So If we're lucky. If we're lucky, right? If we're lucky. And then we tie strategies and activities and all sorts of things to that, right? Dep- again, depending on where you live in the legislation that you are, that you ran. But fundamentally, the way we've always approached continuous improvement plans is by finding the negative, finding the deficit and trying to plug a hole into the dam, like the little Dutch boy and the little Dutch girl, right? Spot on. Absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely. What's wrong with that? Well, well, one easy thing that's wrong with that is by the time you actually find it, and not that the data is that hard to find, but you put all those pieces together, you're, you've spent all your time you had to even work on it. Like there is zero amount of time to figure out how do we now, right, do something constructive and positive. Where's the energy come from? Where's the time come from? Yeah. That's an easy what's wrong with that. Yeah. And we put I mean, interventions in place, right? We we look to say, okay, what can we do to intervene to improve this? And, you know, we we say all the time, this really brilliant person said it to me years ago. You know, you can't um you can't intervene your way out of this. You know, so looking at this deficit model of saying, so here's here's what's really bad. We have to fix it. And oftentimes the state, um, you know, we there is legislation that puts in place that, you know, we've got to um, label districts. We've got to put some kind of accountability measures on them. And so it sets districts up for this exact process to say, okay, here's Here's where we've gotten dinged. Here's where we've, you know, we're not labeled. We've got to fix this. And then, you know, we we look for ways to to intervene our way out. And it, I mean, it just the whole process from the, you know, the the onset is looking at it from a deficit. And so if you're constantly looking at that, as I started with, you know, looking at the dark versus, you know, the fact that the light is shining through. Um, the mindset's very different and how you approach it, how you go about it, how you monitor it, what that even even looks like. It just sets you up for a very negative approach to everything. I just sit here continually thinking about a child, right? And 
going at them with a traditional school improvement lens of fix what's wrong with them. Wrong with them in comparison to who or in comparison to what? They are who they are wired to be. So how do we look at them from the growth perspective of helping them develop and become and be, right? Um, so yeah, I can't help but but think, wow, we get so far away from kids when we think about traditional school improvement plans and finding data that's wrong because the data is so far from the children. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out there on a limb for a moment. It's my show, right? I get to do whatever I want. Um, my entire career and I'm old. So my entire career, I've spent a lot of time in, in a lot of places with with continuous improvement plans. And I have, I've yet to see a continuous improvement plan that didn't have something to do with improving reading. Right. So I've been in education almost 40 years. Right. And, and, and so for 40 years, we've been trying to improve reading performance incrementally. It's no wonder our children can't read. We've never intended to solve it in the first place. We just intended to improve it incrementally. I was just uh, consulting my notes. I just went to a pretty incredible conference and um, our keynote speaker to to kick it off, her her focus was on literacy as the human right, you know, and what what does that look like, and how, what is that humanity piece, and and the difference between one's currency versus a deficit, right? So how do we how do we focus on the currency in order to then really build on that and really flip how we look at humans? I mean, we we talk often in this this conversation with the three of us around humanity and what does that mean and do continuous improvement, that process, does it remove the element of humanity? Going back to your point, Penny, Penny, it just really takes away that sense of humanness for each one of the people, children, adults, everyone involved in a district in that process. And so this moral imperative for what each child deserves and what we're we're we're, we're absolutely fortunate and and entrusted to to do this work for children yet we we tend to look at it as if we we've got to fix them right versus what is that currency what is each person bringing to this it's a whole different way of thinking just yeah. teach them to read just teach them to read. Mm -hmm. We should we should have that down by now. Yes, we right? should. We should have that down by now. We should not open the doors of our schools to to young people if we don't know how to teach them to read. Right? I mean, there's a moral imperative for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this this whole concept of looking for the negative, 
negative conditions in our schools and our districts and coming up with incremental change to you know, to move it slowly toward a more positive direction flies in the face of what and how an accomplishment driven leader would think right what's the difference how would cuz we we you know we we have all come to agree right so far in this in this particular episode that looking for the negative and putting slow and steady incremental change on those negatives and at the end of the year right having incremental change is still deflating for educators i think right if 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 whatever whatever i whatever i'm looking at if if my goal is to get it from 32% to 38% you know is my goal. Even if I get to 38%, I'm still going to be like defeated when I look at that data at the end of the year that I worked so hard for that I only got, that we only effective for 38% of, of whatever it is that I was trying to do, whether it was reading or something else. Right. I mean, that's still deflating for how hard people work. It absolutely is. I think Grant, the question about what's the What's the difference? What does an accomplishment-driven leader, how do they come at that differently? Because I don't think we've ever said nor want to say that they're not having some data points that they're intrigued by and need to know, right? We need to know. Of course. And so, but how do you go about needing to know with a with a heart of celebration and a heart of strength and a heart of growth, right? And I use heart very intentionally in the sense that it begins with you as a leader, a classroom leader or a building leader or a district leader. It begins with that heart of, I want what's best for people, not the organization, not a group, not a particular segment, but for each individual, I want to see them grow. I want to see them develop. I want to see them become everything they can be. If if a leader at any level of the district has that in their heart and their soul about this is why I show up every day, then you ask different questions. And we know the power of questioning. Um, you ask yourself different questions, but you ask those that work alongside of you, with you, um, you ask them different questions out of a lens of positivity and encouragement and support. So let's take that and and let's and let's work with that, right? Because we what we know is that an accomplishment driven leader identifies a strategic vision, mm-hmm. a strategic vision for where they want this organization, whether that is a district, whether that is a building, right? For where they want that to be, they don't approach creating and developing that strategic vision from a deficit lens. This is about where in a very positive and a very real way, where, what do I want for this district or for this particular building? And it doesn't, you know, we, it, it doesn't take into account the deficits. This is about identifying, right? We've talked about this in previous episodes, about identifying a new destination. I reject I reject the deficit. I reject incremental. I reject where we are now and how how we're doing things. I create a new destination, a new strategic vision, right? 
And then remember, you know, because I don't want people to think that I'm we're not talking, you know, we don't have improvement plans. We don't of course you do. Of course you do, right? Realization, one of the five arenas is about how it's about a, a leader's ability to actually get to that destination. It's deciding where we want this building or this district to go, and then thinking about the steps that we need to take, not for incremental change, but to get to the destination. There is a lot of hope and a lot of excitement and a lot of energy that is required. That, that And that's those are some of the other arenas come into play, right? Because this is when an accomplishment-driven leader chooses a new destination, they choose that destination believing and knowing that they're going to get there. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly... Um, exactly what I was thinking, Grant. All of I know I love it when you said, say that. Like, wow, how did you pull oh. that right out of my brain? As Penny was talking, it was around that destination, right? That's setting yeah. that and what that looks like um, for an accomplishment-driven leader is that that destination is is clear. The journey has been laid out. And yeah, that looks a little different as far as each person, because we do come alongside, we support, we do all of those things, but we're all heading, regardless of how many buildings are in our district, regardless of how many how many children we're entrusted with, we're all heading in this same direction. And when you're all moving in the same direction towards this destination, you're going to have more significant growth. If you're not all going pulling in different areas or towards different goals, then you're you're gonna be more in sync. You're gonna get there. We're all rowing in the same direction versus trying to to go like my husband and I cannot canoe together. Like if we were gonna go on a <laughs> journey, we would be rowing in different. We do not have a clear destination when it comes to that. In a district, in order to really get that significant movement, you've got to know where that is. And that accomplishment-driven leader at the district level, those at the building level, they're in sync. And so you're going to get there faster. I think part of what we're saying here is that that new destination is so very different because it is the the forward thinking, growth, positive, whatever words we want to use, right? About each individual child and the capacity and the abilities within them to be all they can be. That is so different that that ability to get everybody to row together is deep, deep individual work. It's not the broadcasted, okay, if we just teach everybody in a PD day how to do this, it'll change the trajectory of the district. No, it won't. It may change some of the skill inside that classroom or the whole building. It might, and it may change and raise some of our skill level and give us another tool to use. But if we don't go deep, that really deep thinking, deep-seated purpose for being there and understanding of how that purpose then comes to be seen and be heard and be realized, that's super deep work. And sometimes that means we have to overlook the things that we otherwise would micromanage from a negative perspective that drive us crazy because they might still drive us crazy about who we are or who our team is. But that deep work has to look way beyond that. So an accomplishment-driven leader spends all of, all of their time 
really thinking about using all of the arenas, right, to get that entity, whether it's a district or a building, right, to that destination. So, you know, words matter. Words matter. So you can either navigate a plan to get to a new destination, or you can try to unbury yourself in an improvement plan. Say that again. Okay. Uh You can either (laughs) spend your time navigating an an entity toward this new destination, or you can spend your time kind of unburying yourself from the negative, right, in an improvement plan. I would rather bring people along, get people excited. I would much rather do that navigating toward a positive, critical, important, life-changing new destination. If I'm going to spend all my time and energy doing that, for me, it has to be something that really matters. And hey, in that new destination, guess what? All kids read. Every kid feels welcomed and belongs and is important and experiences joy-filled learning. My educators are successful, right? I'm constantly growing and building, helping people build their toolkits. All these things that are positive, exciting, rather than spending my time and energy and everybody else's focusing on how we can't, how we can't, how we can't. And I believe I'm an essential part of that. I add that in there in the sense, Grant, that we also have to believe that we hold the skill and the will to be able to be a part of that, whatever seat we're in as a leader. If you don't, you're not an accomplishment-driven leader. And, and, you know, therein lies the other piece of that, that is not everybody is an accomplishment-driven leader. Not everybody has that commitment. Not everybody is able to... Right. That's why we're that's why we're talking about this, why we do these podcasts and why we have these courses online, because we want to we want to teach people and help people become accomplishment-driven leaders so that they in their role can can strategize that new destination for themselves. Right. I think about this district that I'm working with, where and I think I've mentioned this in an earlier episode where they said, you know, what this really means, this this vision is that that our kids will think about their education as having been so incredible, such an amazing experience that they want that for their own future children. That's a pretty amazing, that's a pretty amazing and pretty lofty and pretty important, really cool strategic vision. Accomplishment-driven leaders know how to get there. Not everybody does. And if they don't understand the difference between focusing on a, on the deficit, and in this particular episode, we're just looking at continuous improvement, right? There, there, there are other things we're going to talk about, right? But this is about how leaders go, wait a minute, that won't get us where we need to go. So I may have to do that. I may have to do that because I'm required to, because of legislation, right? I may have to I may have to put something like that together because I have to. But my energy, my focus, my drive is going to be navigating this other plan, which might include some of those things, who knows, right? But I'm going to na- I'm going to spend my energy navigating this other plan because that's where we're going to get real results. 
Yeah. And somehow we have to marry the two. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. It, the, the work that we do, the energy that we put in, what does that look like to be able to say, okay, I'm going to approach this compliance piece in a different way as an accomplishment driven leader, right. mm-hmm. our continuous improvement plan is going to look significantly different to the state. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, what, why, what, <laughs> what is, what yeah. is this? Because we're approaching it in a very different way. Absolutely. So final words for accomplishment driven leaders and navigating toward that strategic vision versus unburying themselves from a negative deficit approach to the work? Anybody want to say something genius? Find thought partners. That's how the three of us end up right here together, right? Find thought partners. And so I just think that is where I have to remind myself all the time. I have to I have to have others to lean on and to think this way with. And um, I think that's vitally important for everyone to recognize. Really building that capacity. And I think that as accomplishment-driven leaders in our whatever role we're in, but in our current roles, it's it's really about our language. As you said earlier, Grant, words matter. Our language choice matters. And how do we continue to change the mindsets of those around us to look at children in a different light, in a positive light as what it, looking at what their currency is versus deficit. That wraps up our episode for today. We'll see you next week in the wheelhouse where we attack one another, another deficit model. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 6 drop every Tuesday beginning November 14th and running through the end of January 2024. Throughout the holidays, we'll take a break here and there. After all, we got to go help Santa. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online series of four courses, Exploring Accomplishment-Driven Leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd just like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can also be found on our website at Captivate, https colon forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this. We got this.